the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. Well, hello everybody, welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. So very happy to have you with us today. And, wow, do we have a great show lined up for you. Wow. All right. Uh, Let's get right to it. So, uh, coming up a little bit later on, Carl Higby from Newsmax. Congressman Ben Klein's going to be here. Former Governor Scott Walker, a president of Young America's Foundation, he's going to drop by a little bit later on. What A lot of breaking news last night. I mean, a lot of breaking news. And uh, we need to. It's you could you could just pick one out of a hat and and go for it today. Um, we knew, and we were trying to prepare you for this, but we knew that Alejandro Mayorkas was not going to be Im- impeached last night, and what a big mess that was. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, that that is a serious situation. Uh, we have some big problems within the Republican Party. But we also have a major problem within the RNC, and Ronna McDaniel, the reporting is that she is stepping down. The The RNC is in financial disarray. They don't have any money. There is no vision, but the, the bigger problem is not even that. The bigger problem is voter registration, getting out the vote getting younger people involved in the Republican Party. I, I just, I, I hate to say this, and but it needs to be said, and I if, if I have to be the bad guy, I, I will say this. But whenever I go to a Republican meeting, I feel like I'm at a senior citizen center. I feel like I'm at a nursing home. I don't see anybody, very few people under the age of, of 60 there. What are you saying, Todd? Are you saying that people who are 60 or old or, or decrepit need to be in a nursing home? No, I'm just saying you're not young. I mean, where are all the young people? And by young people, we got any 30-year-olds? We got any 40-year-olds? I mean, I'm 56, and I'm telling you, I look, I don't, I may look old, I older, I don't know, I but I feel young. I Thanks to balance of nature, I feel young. Promo code starts, or Todd, rather. Uh, I'm just telling you that there's just not energy. There's not excitement. The Republicans hold a gathering, and people, uh, it's, the, you know, I, I want to be able to go to a gathering where they actually serve food. You, can, you know, you don't have to, it's like soup and, you know, soft pudding. 
You got to watch out for the. I'm just saying, it's no dentures. I'm just saying, you got to. It's. We need some ute and vitality in the Republican Party. Is that is that fair to say that we need some ute and vitality in the Republican Party? We do, and that's all on Ron and McDaniel. I travel all over America, and I don't see young people coming to these Republican gatherings. I don't. Everybody's just old fogies. We need young people. We um, we have a guy who's uh, my CEO, and he's on the city council in Wichita, Kansas, just got elected, has been very involved in young Republicans, and uh, Dalton Glasscock. And I'll just say this. I think whoever is running the RNC needs to be picking up the phone and talking to, to, to Dalton and say, how do you? How do you win? How do you get all these young people to come out and be a part of your campaign? How do you do that? Because he's been very successful at it, very successful. And he has a career of being at least since the kid was in high school of being a Republican. He came up through the ranks. So at least we know where he's where he's speaking, where he's coming from. But the reason I, I bring this up is because there's a lot of talk on social media about who should replace, who should be the next chair of the RNC. And I'm just going to, there are two names I want to share with you, and I am concerned about both. Number one, the talk, the scuttlebutt is, and this is coming from Congressman Matt Gates. Matt Gates, who hates Kevin McCarthy's guts, who was responsible for leading the coup to remove um, Kevin McCarthy from the speakership now believes that Kevin McCarthy should be the chairman of the RNC. That we should put the fate of Donald Trump's presidency into the hands of Kevin McCarthy. Do you think that's a good idea, America? You think it's a good idea to have a man who will do anything to save his own hide in that position? It just seems to me that if you're chair of the RNC, you need to be someone who can embrace the party platform. You need to be someone who can uh, not only embrace the party platform, but someone who can fundraise, who can who can get out there and raise money. And that brings me to the second person that's being mentioned. And unless you're on, if you're on social media, you know who this person is. Uh, his name is Scott Pressler. Mr. Pressler was born in either 1987 or 1988, unclear, son of a U.S. Navy captain. He's like, what, seven, eight feet tall? This guy, he's huge, very tall. I've seen him at the CPAC gatherings. Has hair down. He's kind of got that, um, oh, 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 who was it? Crystal Gale. He's got Crystal Gale hair right down to his uh, badonka dog. And um, he has been out there doing a lot of the fundraising. And so a lot of the MAGA America First world say that Scott Pressler should be the, the next RNC chair because he's getting out the vote. He's registering people. And I guess he's done a good job of it. I have no I have no, I have no reason to doubt the, the information that's been sent to me. But Mr. Pressler is in his 30s, and they believe and the America First and this is where we are setting ourselves up for a perfect storm in the Republican conservative world. And I will just read his bio to you. And by the way, I don't, 
he hasn't been that active in Republican politics that long. But a big component of all of this, a big component is fundraising. And I'm wondering if Mr. Pressler is capable of raising money. Mr. Pressler co-founded the LGBTQ coalition Gays for Trump, was reported to be its chairman in 2017. Um, He frequently tweeted, I'm just reading from the Wikipedia um, bio here, uh, frequently tweeted supportive messages using the hashtag Gays for Trump and tweeted messages attacking Democratic Party presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Um, he um, was uh, present at the Gays for Trump deplorable uh, in Maryland after the inauguration of Trump. And in 2017-2018, he was with the group Act for America. Um, according to the reporting, he uh, was... He had come out as gay in June of 2016 after the Orlando nightclub shooting. And that's pretty much all we know about this guy. That's it. So thirty, he's either 35 or 36 years old. We don't know much about him before Trump. And I say this because, and this is important, and I'm saying I say I'm saying nothing disparaging about him. And you know, Crystal Gale had lovely hair, so that is not that is not a that's not a slam. Again, I know nothing about this guy, and that's the problem. That is a problem. Not knowing a lot about who this guy is, how he became a Republican, what his platform is, will he be able to defend the party platform? Will he be able to endorse the party platform? Will he be able to fundraise off of the party platform? But the America First movement is all in on this guy. And then you've got the establishment and the Matt Gates crowd all in on Kevin McCarthy. So I'm curious to hear from you. Who, who would you like to see as the next RNC chair? Who does that person? And if you like Scott Pressler, I'm curious why Scott Pressler? Why? What do you like about Scott Pressler that that would cause you to say this guy could be the next leader of the RNC? You know who I like? I like Mike Huckabee for the job. I don't think he'd take it, but I think Huckabee would do a great job. I think I think Vivek Ramaswamy would do a great job. I mean, but but again, the, the point of the RNC chair is not to go out there and be somebody's attack dog. Your job as the RNC chair is to get out the vote, to set out the apparatus to help people get elected, candidates to get elected. That's your job. And it hasn't been done well. Ronna McDaniel is a loser. I you, you hate to say it. I'm sure she's a very lovely lady, uh, but she is a loser. And they can blame Trump all they want to, all, all day long, but she is a loser. And what concerns me is when all of this is happening, the change is happening in the throes of what should already be a very vibrant, well-funded Republican machine raising money for candidates, finding the right candidates, and getting out the vote. And I will just say this, and this is to all of the America First crowd, and I'm one of those people, by the way. I'm a Republican. I'm an America First Republican. But I, I want to talk to the America First crowd. 
You guys are doing. Uh, let me let me stop. What we guys are doing a lousy job of picking candidates. In some of these congressional races, we've elected some doozies, and we've nominated some people who have no business being anywhere in elected office. But Todd, they fly all of the flags outside of their their homes. But Todd, they have a MAGA bumper sticker on the back of the Buick. It doesn't matter. That doesn't make them a good candidate, right? We've got to be able to we've got to be able to pick people who are in fact electable. Can we get real again? I, I I've got to be careful how many people I hack off today. But it, this needs to be said. There are a lot of grifters in the America First movement. There just aren't. A lot of people who are pretending to be conservative to get their um, to, to get their brand or to get their book published or, I don't know, cosmetic line out there. I don't know It's why the reasons are, but we have a lot of grifters, and you've got to do your homework. You've got to sort of sift through all of these people, and it can be a little challenging at times. It can be a little frustrating. So I'm curious to hear from you as we uh, start this process. Who would you like to see as the next RNC chair? Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. The website, toddstarns.com, and we have all sorts of great information there. But again, the, the news is that Kevin McCarthy and or Scott Pressler may be Maybe their names may be in the mix. Also, the chair of the North Carolina Republican Party may be in the mix as well. So we'll be talking about that today. I'm, we're going to get to what happened with Mayorkas yesterday. This, folks, the Republicans are a mess right now. It is a it's a hot mess. It's kind of like a Bravo reality TV series. It really is the real congressman of D.C. It's 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 a mess. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and in just a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. And you'll see transparent pricing on every coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. And this new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com or call 866-649-0304. That number again, 866-649-0304 and start investing today. There's also some scuttlebutt up on uh, Capitol Hill that that the Republicans need to completely abandon all of the culture war stuff. So uh, the the abortion issue, um, the LGBT stuff, uh, gay marriage, the whole they they just need to shove all of that right out of the party 
and that we should be the party of fiscal responsibility and secure a strong military and a secure border. Those are the issues that the Republican Party needs to embrace. Everything else gets shoved aside. That's that's the thinking right now within a very large swath of the of the Republican uh, caucus. Do you believe that's the right move here, folks? Because they're saying that the the party's conservative stance on the culture war issues is hurting their chances of being elected and reelected, and they say we got to get we got to get rid of this. And their their bet is their strategy is that the Christians and the you know whoever the the Christians the evangelicals and the Catholics. They will all still support the Republican Party, even if they abandon all of these um, these issues that they consider to be controversial. No, I look. I don't think we should do that. I I think this is what makes us who we are. These are important issues, and I don't think we want to be godless heathens, right? Like the Democrats. Oh, by the way, Mike Johnson says, um, hey, look, in, in spite of everything that's happened, uh, his his job is, um, he's doing a hunky-dory job, cut 14. What would you say to Americans concerned that Congress isn't able to do basic functions? Well, it's just simply not true. We're, we're governing here. Sometimes it's messy. You know, the framers anticipated that you would have a system where people with very different philosophical viewpoints that come from different parts of the country and different constituencies would have different ideas on how to resolve their problems. But what they also anticipated is that we'd be able to get in a room and arm wrestle over public policy and come to consensus to move the ball forward for the most people. That is what's happening here. You're seeing the messy sausage making the, the process of democracy play out and uh, it's not always clean it's not always pretty but the job will be done at the end of the day so mike johnson is out there saying that congress is performing its basic function i i'd be curious to know what that basic function is what does he think that function of of congress is because it's not working and and speaker johnson it's it's trying i think he's trying I'm just not sure that he is – I just don't know if he's up to the task because the staff that he surrounded himself with, they're problematic. They really are. But the fact that we went into last night, and and this is what happened here, folks. They went into last night knowing they did not have the votes to impeach Mayorkas, and they're so terrified of the Twitter mob that they went ahead and did it anyway. And the concern here is that somebody in that in that group, that inner circle of Mike Johnson, did not have the courage to go to the speaker and say, Mr. Speaker, we've got Steve Scalise's out having surgery. We don't have the votes today. Now, here's what I think would have happened. I think Johnson could have come out and said, you know what? We need to postpone this vote because we we've we don't have enough we don't have enough Republicans here. And people may have groused about that. They may there they go again. Well, that may have happened, but at least they're not going to have egg on their face. Today they got egg on the face. And they're going to try it again, which, by the way, is uh, the congressman from Utah who stepped in at the last minute. He's the hero here. Had he not voted no, it would have been a tie, and they would not have gone back to be able to visit this for another vote. 
But McClintock, and I heard him on uh, another talk show earlier today on KWAM, our flagship station. And McClintock is saying, well, um, what my orcas is doing does not rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. Really? We've got almost 30 million illegal aliens occupying America right now. That's a high crime, and that's not a misdemeanor. That's a felony in my estimation. 901-260-5926. Going to the phones next. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for your continued support. And to thank you, they have an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use the promo code STARDS and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived won't last long, folks. Get a six-pack towel set for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels. They absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, so much more. To get the best offers ever, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STARNS or call 800-839-8506 and get free shipping on your entire order while supplies last. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. Steve Bannon says Speaker Johnson needs an intervention. By the way, and we're going to get to Ted Cruz in just a moment. The The problem is a leadership vacuum within the Republican Party right now. Nobody wants to be a leader. Nobody. So here's Bannon, cut five. But Speaker Johnson, and I don't know if it's Gates, I don't know who, I don't know if Stefanik, I don't, somebody's got to get in and help this guy because he's bleeding out. And he's bleeding out now just from the basic mechanics of what you have to do. And as I say, Gallagher told Hugh Hewitt this morning, I told the whip a month ago I was a no. That's just inexcusable. It, it Right. It, exactly. It is inexcusable. If you are, look, if, if you are um, opposed to um, um, impeaching Mayorkas, you have an obligation as a as a Republican, as a member of the caucus, to go to your leadership and say, guys, here's my position on this. And you know what? You don't even have to explain why, but I mean, that's always good. It's it, it's good to know. And you can say, and here's why. So we understand now that, that um, Congressman Gallagher actually did that a while back, as did Ken Buck and McClintock. So what happened yesterday was not some sort of an issue of, oh, we just got hosed by these guys who changed their minds at the last minute. What What's happening is that the people surrounding the speaker are not doing their jobs. Or the people surrounding Johnson are sabotaging the Speaker of the House. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. But as it now stands, Speaker Johnson, and the question remains, is he the guy? It Does he have the wherewithal to be the speaker, to be the leader of the party in the House of Representatives. 901-260-5926. Let's start our day in Tennessee. Jackson, Jerry, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Jerry. What's on your mind? You know, you were talking a while ago about no young people uh, at the Republican 
uh, event. I remember back to the tea party. I went to several of them. Man, they were thousands of 30 to 50-year-old people there, and they were energetic about being Republican. But when the media and the Dems started lambasting them, none of the Republicans stood up for them. And, you know, you, you get in a situation where you can't count on the people that you elect when they didn't have control of the House and Senate. I don't know, remember how many times they voted to repeal and replace Obamacare. Then when we got control of the House and the Senate, they did nothing about it. And so you get sick of being lied to so much, and you finally just say, well, I'm, I'm done. Jerry, I've, I've, I actually have firsthand knowledge of of situations where young Republicans bringing energy and excitement and new ideas into the party were, have literally been told, your job is to wait your turn. You go and, you know, help take out the trash. You go help set up the tables. And I got no problem with that. I mean, I think we all ought to lend a pit, you know, lend a helping hand. I mean, nobody, that's beneath nobody. But the idea, Jerry, that you're going to be, um, you know, just because you're a young person that you're, you have to wait until you're 60 or 70 years old before you can have a say. Jerry, I don't know of any young person who's going to do that. Absolutely. So how do we fix it, Jerry? What do we need to do? How do we bring young people? And by young people, you know, a lot of people think, oh, we're talking about 17, 18-year-olds. No, I'm talking about the 30 and 35 and 40-year-olds. How do we get I'm those people make, involved? I'm going to make some people mad. But Newt Gingrich, when he did the contract with America, and the people signed on to that, they meant it. When they got elected, they did exactly what they signed on to do. But you can't trust anybody that runs now in the Republican Party to do what they say they're going to do once they get elected. And I don't know the answer to it, but I, I know I am one of the people that is just, I'm sick of it, that you cannot trust who you're elected to go up there and do what they say they're going to do. It's it's a fair point, and I will say this: you look at the republic, or you look at the Democrats, and I disagree with them on everything, everything. But Jerry, they've got young people plugged into their party in very strategic places, and and that is going that is making a difference for the Democrats. And right now, we can't Absolutely. even we have a guy, we have a guy right now as Speaker of the House, and he didn't have the foresight to to make sure he had the votes before bringing that to a vote last night. That's unacceptable in my That's my lunacy. That's absolute lunacy. Mike Johnson embarrassed the entire party by doing yep. that. The entire party. All right, Jerry, appreciate that call. And you're it's it's a good thought, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry's he's got a good thought there. Let's go to Sonny in Ocala, Florida, listening to us on W O C A. Hi, Sonny, what's on your mind? Well, uh What's on my mind is the fact that uh, this Rona Barrett in 2020 sat on sat on millions of dollars, and she couldn't go out there and help some of the uh, struggling candidates for the Republican House. That's number one. Number two, the new uh, candidate, the replacement for her, I would go along with Mike Huckabee. I think he would do an excellent job of... Uh, uh, recruiting uh, and helping uh, new candidates for for or Congress. This is just boggles my mind that uh, this is going on. 
they could have done a lot more to help uh, new up-and-coming candidates for the Republican Party. As far as uh, the Republican from New York, Santos, oh yeah, he lies and he did this and he did... Wait a minute. How about uh, Adam Schiff, the congenital liar? How about Nancy Pelosi and Bowser, who, through a mysterious law that was invented, took the power away from the commander-in-chief as far as calling out the National Guard for Washington, D.C.? How about the other speakers of the House not sticking up for and uh, maybe uh, possibly expelling rhinos? We don't have any of that in the Republican Party. And as far as the White House is concerned, this is run by Obama and Soros types. Yeah, uh, look, the, not- the the problem I got with, uh, and, and we'll get to that, we're going to play that Biden audio from yesterday in and, and just a little while here, Sonny. Uh, when, you, when you go back and listen to that press conference yesterday, that is frightening. The fact that the President of the United States could not even identify who Hamas was. It's just, it's unacceptable, that level of incompetency. And the people see it. They truly see it, and we've got that video up on our website, ToddSterns.com. I'd encourage you folks to go and check it out for yourself. Sonny, got to run. Appreciate that call. Let's go to Little Rock, Arkansas. Jerry is on the line. Hi, Jerry. What say you? Sir, I like your choice there, Vivek Ramaswamy, for uh, RNC. But I'd like to, uh, so I'll second Vivek, but... uh, I want to nominate somebody I think better and get your thoughts about Charlie Kirk. So, as in the the head of Turning Point USA. Yes, sir. So, what do you like about Charlie Kirk? Why do you think Charlie Kirk should be the chairman of the RNC? I like that he has done a fantastic job of pointing out the RNC's shortcomings, hypocrisies. He's young guy. He's America first. Love the work he's done with Turning Point. And not only does he point out everything that they do wrong, he offers real solutions that make sense every time. All right. So, Jerry, we're going to put you down for Charlie Kirk. I will I will say this. My question I would have for Charlie Kirk, what has he done to get out the youth vote, the young people vote in America? Um, I will say that they put a lot of a lot of effort. They've raised a lot of money, and they were very ineffective in a lot of the congressional races that they tried to target in the last election cycle. And I'm thinking about Arizona especially. So I'm I, I'm curious to hear. I mean, I'm I'm not objecting to Charlie Kirk, but I'm curious, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jerry here in Little Rock says Charlie Kirk might be a good pick. What say you? Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six is our number. That's nine zero one two six zero. Five nine two six. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, 
Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Let's go to Georgia. Ann is listening to us on WDUN today. Hi, Ann. What's on your mind? Well, Todd, I really think that when you have the head of the RNC being the daughter of somebody who loathes Trump, then that's telling you a whole heck of a lot. They're not concerned at all, and what that gives me is an information that says they don't care about Trump. They don't care about him. I'd be very suspect of what's going on in the RNC right now. I don't like it. I'm like the other fellas. I am just beside myself about these kinds of things. Uh, You know, it's, uh, it's gotten to the point where... Young people, and I'm talking about young people, they're not really that young. They're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 30s and 40s in particular. And Johnson, uh, our our Speaker of the House, he's not that far away from that. He's a young guy, too. And so I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me what's going on at all. Um, But Charlie Kirk, he's a a tough bird. I think... uh, I don't know. I don't know if he'd take it, though. I don't know if he he would agree to any of this stuff because he's, you know, he's living the life. <laughs> he's got a nice show that he listen, you know, that we all listen to. I don't know if he would do it. I don't know if something that would, yeah, that would be a tough call for him. Um, but, you know, Todd, this has got to stop. This stuff where... We're being lied to all the time by our own party, and the media is knee-deep in a lot of this stuff. Just really worn out. I'm older. You know, I'm coming to the end of my life, and I have seen this stuff going on now for a long time, and it, it really does have to stop. And, and I have one question for you, and I'll let you go. Sure. Who voted for Johnson? Well, they all did. They had to, at least the majority of them. So, what happened? It's a, Ann, it's a great question, and uh, Ann, appreciate your call. Uh, I, I just think they were exasperated. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, as much as McCarthy had to go, this may have been the wrong time because it's all chaos. And we, we've been warning people about this for a very long time, and especially when it comes to the Mayorkas vote yesterday. But this could have all been prevented, right? This was this was a stupid decision that was made. It, it really is that simple. Now, on the Senate side, things are even worse because they've had plenty of opportunities to get rid of Mitch McConnell. Here's Senator Ted Cruz, cut four. Is it time for Mitch McConnell to go? I think it is. Look, everyone here also supported a leadership challenge to Mitch McConnell in November. Uh, I think a... 
Republican leaders should actually lead this conference and should advance the priorities of Republicans. I can tell you what I said when we had that leadership election in November of 2022. It was right after a very disappointing election. 2022, the wind was at our back. It should have been a phenomenal Republican election year. Republicans should have won the Senate. We should have won a big majority in the House. Instead, we lost a seat in the Senate, and we barely got a majority in the House. And, and I stood up and said, look, in any ordinary organization, when you f are faced with failure, if you're running a business and you lose $50 million, you don't just say, hey, everything's great, let's keep doing it. No, you sit down and say, what are we doing wrong? And at that meeting, I turned to Mitch McConnell then and I said, look, we spent the last two years with a group, a handful of Republicans joining with Democrats to pass the Democrat agenda. And I said, maybe, maybe that's a good idea. I, I don't think it is. Well, there you go. So the the question now is, who who are the leaders in the Republican Party, right? So if they're going to get rid of McConnell, who's who's that person that's going to lead the Republicans in the Senate? And I just don't think we have a very deep bench. Ted Cruz, he's a I mean the, the guy is 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 a great spokesman, is he a good leader? Would he be a would he be a good leader for the the Senate? I don't know. But we've got big problems, ladies and gentlemen, in the Republican Party. And I'm going to posit this theory that this is actually all intentional. I I have a hard time believing that the Republicans are this incompetent. And I'm I'm beginning to wonder if if all of this is meant to sabotage Donald Trump and his campaign. That if the party elders have come together and they're playing the long game here, and in their minds, regardless of what happens in 2024, there is one truth. Trump will not be on the ballot in 2028, one way or the other. So maybe it's possible that the 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 money people in the Republican Party, the the elders of the party, have gotten together and they've decided, you know what, let's just... Let's just call 2024 a wash. We're going to do whatever we can behind the scenes to sabotage Trump. We're and, and it's not just this election cycle, folks. It's been the last several election cycles that something has just seemed off. And maybe that's it. Maybe ultimately they just don't want Trump to win. That they feel like they would be better off being in the minority because it sets themselves up for whoever, whichever rhino candidate they want to install as the next nominee of the party whoever that person may be because keep in mind this was supposed to be a jeb bush presidency right we should be in the second term of a jeb bush presidency that was the goal of the party elders back in 2016 that's who they wanted donald trump they thought was an anomaly they thought he was going to be a non-player. And it turned out they were wrong, right? It turned out they were wrong. So not only are the Democrats wanting payback because Hillary was supposed to be the first female president, not only did that go go out the window, but Jeb lost too. So you've got, you've got the establishment on both sides of the aisle looking to destroy Donald Trump. I mean, it really is that simple. 
Hey, by the way, speaking of simple, ladies and gentlemen, have you made the switch to Patriot Mobile? You know, they're America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and they have great cell phones. As a matter of fact, you can keep your phone or you can get a new one. It, it's really up to you. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd is the website. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. They've got a plan to fit any budget, no matter how big your budget is, no matter how small your budget is. All you have to do to get free activation is use my promo code Todd. Again, that's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Free activation by using the promo code Todd. Now, the great thing about Patriot Mobile is that they are funding organizations that are fighting for freedom across America, and they have the very best 4G and 5G network service. Absolutely phenomenal. They donate a portion of every dollar earned to support Christian conservative causes. I love that. So again, PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Use the promo code Todd or give them a call, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. We'll be right back, folks. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program, Hour 2 of the big show. Good to have you with us. Coming up, Governor Scott Walker is going to be here. Congressman Ben Klein. Your calls as well. Go ahead and write down our number. You will you will need this if you want to call into the program today. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Got a text message. Somebody said, why are you doing the Jim Jordan look today? Because it's warm in here, right? I, who needs the, uh, the suit coat? So I may be a ditch of the time momentarily. Uh, look, it, it's a mess in, in Washington, folks. It, it absolutely is a mess. RNC in turmoil, the House in turmoil, the Senate Republicans in turmoil. It's it's a great big mess, and it's especially it's especially frustrating when you see what's happening on the Democrat side, where so many of their affinity groups have decided, you know what, we're done here. We're done with the Democrats. We're done with the promises. We're done with the lies. That's all they do is deliver lies. And we, we are seeing massive shifts of people now from, from blacks, from Hispanics, the, um, the, the young people. They're done. And what is the Republican Party doing to embrace all of these affinity groups? Why are we not out there spending our time, our money, our effort out there attracting these new voters? Voters that could guarantee Republican victories and majorities on Capitol Hill for generations to come. And I think it goes back to one of two things. They either really are this incompetent or they're sabotaging Donald Trump. It's got to be one or the other. So we're taking your calls on that, 901-260-5926. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Carl Higby, the host of Newsmax's hugely hugely popular program carl higby frontline joins us carl hope you're doing well today my friend todd thanks for having me on 
So I, I'm curious to get your take on this. Do you think this is incompetence, what's happening in the Republican Party right now, or do you think this is intentional to shut down Trump? Uh, no, I, when Trump hinted on a bunch of stuff. He hinted on, like, big changes coming the other day. And I think, look, at the end of the day, um, you have a, a, a huge swath of Republican Party, myself included, that would rather do nothing than something stupid. And for so long, the Republican Party has just done really dumb things on a lot of, like, easy layups. I mean, everything the Democrats do, everything they touch turns to absolute steaming piles of crap. So it is the bar is so low, and yet we still have 50-50 propositions on our elections. So, look, I, I think having Ronna McDaniel out of the RNC does not create turmoil, uh, respectfully. I think it actually gives us new opportunity. Matt Gates is out there saying, like, hey, I'd endorse Kevin McCarthy for this. And look, Kevin McCarthy was a great fundraiser. His policy was terrible. He didn't have a backbone, but he can fundraise like nobody else. So great job for him. You want to stay in? You want to have glad hand and smile for pictures? Perfect job. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this, Todd. Who do you like as the next speaker? As I'm sorry, now that speaker, the next chair of the RNC. <laughs> Who do you like? Uh, we'll get to, we'll get yeah, to, we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah. Coming real soon. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, look, Kevin McCarthy would be good. He can raise money. You know, it's not a policy position. He was generally pretty simpatico with Trump. Um, look, you also could bring in a business person, someone who actually is like, you know, I mean, super rich people get tired of stuff all the time. I mean, look, Elon Musk would make a great RNC chair, I think, who run this thing like Tesla or SpaceX and you're off to the races. But you bring in a businessman who's rich and bored who has a, a real passion for this. I mean, he's going to be able to raise a ton of money, but also he's going to bring real, he's actually going to run elections like they're a company, like there's an objective and a bottom line and fiscal responsibility, not like Rana spending $120,000 on hair and makeup last year. He, they will run that place like it's an actual business and there will be deliverables. And if deliverables aren't met, people and consultants and grifters will be fired. It wouldn't be a bad thing. And in all fairness, I mean, she looks good, right? The hair, makeup—I don't. It, it was money well. It was money well spent on that. But I'm like, why are we spending that money? And that's the and that's the point. We're squandering it's resources. Her, she should spend her money on that. Stuff. That's right. That's right. Um, go down to supercuts like the rest of us. You're going to be good, uh, Carl. I'm I am concerned though about the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Nice guy. He is just it's way over his skis. I'm afraid. Sure. And I always say, like, like I had really high hopes for him because he was he was a huge, like, diehard conservative during the impeachment hearings and stuff like that, trolling all the Democrats. Um, you know, I, I really look, I'm sure he'd be a great neighbor if he needed to borrow a rake or a cup of sugar. But look, at the end of the day, I, I think that he didn't deliver as much as he said. He said he would release all the January 6 tapes. He released 90 hours. It was like another 14,000 hours that he didn't release. Um and it just seemingly doesn't have a hold on the party. And the problem is, it's like, can you get elected? Like, that's the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. And you have people like Matt Gates, who, by the way, I think he would make a great speaker. Why? Because he's not afraid to throw up his hands and make everything crash if it doesn't work for the American people. We have people who are more interested in the progression of government than they are the progression of our economy in the United States and things that are good for you and I. On the Senate side, uh, you've got uh, Cruz out there yesterday saying uh, McConnell, it's time for McConnell to go. Well, it was time for him to go a long time ago, uh, and and I'm not really hopeful that th- things are going to change on the Republican side of the uh, aisle there in the uh, in the Senate. 
No, and we actually did a, a thing on this a couple weeks ago on my show where we we added up all the congressmen in Congress right now that have ever campaigned in some fashion on term limits. And if you added all these people up, you would have way more than enough votes to pass term limits, yet none of them vote for term limits once they get elected. They campaign on it, but and that's the thing. You get people like Mitch McConnell, who's been there since like the invention of the light bulb, and they're so out of touch, they don't understand what you and I, the normal people, are feeling every single day. Carl Higby on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. And Carl, um, I, I know you've uh, served in our military, and uh, you have a passion for uh, the young people that are currently in our military. Air Force, there's a story up um, on Daily Caller. The Air Force now offering an eight-hour workshop on resolving unidentified biases through allyship. What is this all about? Yeah, hard pass. Look, I realize the Air Force is not a frontline combat force on the ground, generally, minus you know a couple individual units like the CCTs and things like that. However, teach our military how to kill bad guys and break their stuff. I don't like we're in the business of killing bad guys, Todd, and we're supposed to worry about our microaggressions, our diversity feelings. And, you know, did someone hurt your feelings by telling you we're bad at your job? Hey, instead of going to a convention about it for eight hours, how about you just be better at your job? Because people's lives depend on the military and the ability for them to do their jobs. I'm so sick of this woke DEI stuff. It's like, you wonder why there's a recruiting problem, because we used to have commercials about people going up and blowing stuff up, which was cool. That's why I joined the military. Now we got ones like, I have two moms, and I'm cisgender and you know special and all that. It's like, dude, this is you don't have warfighters join because of that. No, you're right, and, and clearly that is the case. I can't tell you how many times we've had parents call up, and they're, they're advising their kids. Do not go into the military. It's and especially if you're, you know, if you're a white heterosexual male, uh, you're not welcome in the military. And by the way, Carl, that's actually reflected in a lot of the uh, when they're looking at the numbers, uh, recruiting efforts. Um, you know, straight white guys aren't signing up. Right, and it's like it's a weird study, Todd. I mean, imagine that you tell a bunch of white straight people that they're bad, and then they don't join your club. I mean. Who could have possibly seen that? <laughs> it's a great point. All right, folks, uh, we've got a link to that story up on our, our live show blog. Carl, always good stuff. What's coming up on the show today? Oh, man, we are going to torch last night's thing and the three Republicans that defected. The one of those four negative votes was a patriot. He did so for a procedural reason to help repost this vote again. But we are going to torch these guys and we are going to explain how we don't want, the Republican base does not want the garbage that the business as usual from Washington, D.C. We want to blow up the system and actually start working for the people. By the way, and just so you know this, uh, Carl, um, Hugh Hewitt had Gallagher on the show, uh, one of the no votes. This was not a surprise. Apparently, he told them over a month ago that he was a no vote. So, I'm again, this goes back. Former Marine. Yeah. And this goes back to to Mike Johnson, though he knew going in yesterday they didn't have the votes. So why hold the, why hold the vote if you don't have the votes? You hold off. Yeah, but I think this might have been an, a somewhat of a smart play because they knew that Steve Scalise was coming back. They knew all this. This is a chance to get the rhinos on the record 
and let the press and people like me and the outrage blow them out of the water. All right. Well, it'll be a great show tonight, everybody. Uh, take a look. Carl Higby, host of Carl Higby Frontline. Uh, that's uh, coming up later tonight on uh, the big channel. All right, Carl. Appreciate you. My man. All right. There you go. Uh, great show, by the way. Got to check that out. Yeah, Gallagher uh, told Hugh Hewitt, I whipped no for over a month, says he did not surprise GOP leadership, and that House Republicans did not need to barrel into the vote and embarrass themselves when the math wasn't there. And Gallagher is um, maybe a rhino. I mean, clearly, anybody who doesn't support a secure border in this country is a rhino on the Republican side. But the fact of the matter is, this guy was at least honest and open about it. So if you're hearing reports out there, oh, Gallagher surprised her. No, he didn't. He was telling them. He told them all along. He was a no vote. So that was not just, I mean, that wasn't silly. That was just stupid. Absolutely stupid. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. I did a 180 on the border bill Afraid that my career it was about to kill My flip-flop didn't work Cause here's what the folks are saying It's too late for you, Mitch It's too late You're backstabbing We won't take it We know in the end you aren't our friend There's no need to try and fake it I cozied up to Schumer, tried to ram it through Turned my back on MAGA, but what else is new? Got caught with my pants down Cause this is what I keep hearing It's too late for you, Mitch. It's too late. Your reversal we just aren't buying. We're sick of you, Mitch. You are through. Enough of your nonstop lying. It's too late. I hear it. It's too late. Well done, uh, Jim Gossett down in the Blue Room <laughs> at the Holiday Inn. Good job, Jim. Uh, yeah, look, I think it is too late. Look, Mitch McConnell trying to pull a fast one, and it was very clear uh, from the start that it was not going to work. It's honestly, folks, we need leaders. We need leaders. And I think we're going to need some leaders of the Vivek Ramaswamy mindset. Uh, let's go to the phones here, 901-260-5926. Let's talk to Steve in Arkansas, listening to us on KWAM, our flagship station. Hi, Steve. What's going on? Hey, Todd. I'm going to kind of be a wise guy today. I, I, I know I do that sometimes but, and say this a little tongue-in-cheek, but there's a whole lot of truth in it, too. Uh, I think a good person for the new head of the RNC would be Vince McMahon. Well, <laughs> is he what? Our po- 
our politics that the people get to actually see has a whole lot of similarities to the way he ran professional wrestling in the WWE. You got your fabricated storylines and your fabricated catastrophes and everybody getting up there and working with a news media to do their little uh, choreographed spells and, and roles and stuff. Might as well go ahead and get somebody that knows how to really make that operation work and can make some money off of it are, are you trying to tell me steve that wrestling is fake oh well uh if you believe if you believe our politics what what we're getting to see about our politics is real and the truth then you probably believe wrestling is the truth <laughs> all right steve appreciate that call um it's a mess isn't it folks it's an absolute it's an absolute mess. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. I have a question for you. Uh, we've been following the story about Jennifer Crumbly, the mom found guilty uh, yesterday. Her son shot up a school. Uh, cut number nine, please. Um, individually? Sure. Okay. Um... On count one of involuntary manslaughter, as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count three, as to involuntary manslaughter regarding Hannah Hanna St. Juliana, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. And in count... Oh, wow. Okay. Um... So let me explain what just happened here. Uh, her son, Oxford High School, this is in Michigan, and um, a number of people were shot and killed at this school. Now, Jennifer Crumble, her son is 17, pleaded guilty uh, to murder, terrorism, other, other crimes, was sentenced to life from prison without parole. And the parents are being held accountable here. And... I'm just curious if you believe this was the right call, that this woman should spend, this mother should spend a lot of time in jail, maybe the rest of her life. She is yet to be sentenced, but the verdict is that she's responsible. Now, the family of one of the kids who was killed says it was, it was monumental history. And it just seems to me, and there's some, there's some talk about this in the, in the Memphis area, and we're going to get into this story a little bit later on. But it seems to me that we need to start holding parents accountable. If you are a parent and you raise your child to be a monster, then you bear responsibility. If you, if you as a parent are not there, you're not at home, you're not raising your child, you're just sending them out onto the streets, you bear responsibility for that in my estimation. We've got eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds carjacking people in Memphis, Tennessee. Where are the parents? What are they doing? 901-260-5926. Do you think the jury made the right call here? You think they? You, you think the mom here bears responsibility for what her teenage son did? 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show.
Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Happy to have you with us today. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. Got a question for you. Who do you think ought to be Trump's VP? Who do you think that person is? Dr. Ben Carson, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis. Newsmax wants to know, and uh, they are conducting a poll right now. So grab your, your smartphone, text the word SKIP, S-K-I-P, to 39747. That skip to 39747, and you will be able to vote in their poll. Here's how it works. You text that word. They're going to send you a link to the poll, and then they will share your results as a part of their national poll. Remember, uh, Trump wants to know your opinion, so text the word skip right now to 39747 and vote in that Newsmax poll. Want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. Say hello to a member of the House Freedom Caucus. Congressman Ben Klein from Virginia. Congressman, good to have you with us today. Todd, always good to be with you. So uh, let's talk about what the heck happened last night. Were you surprised that Mayorkas was not impeached? You know, it was one of those few times that it was a coin flip, and we knew we had uh, a a three-vote margin, and uh, we had two who were explicitly against it, Buck and McClintock, and, and we had Gallagher, who had spoken uh, negatively about the bill at conference and uh, was likely to be a no. And so I was uh, disappointed. But Scalise, our majority leader, is out getting treatment for cancer. And uh, he is willing to come back, if necessary, to provide that winning vote for uh, the resolution next week. So let's let's talk about Gallagher. He was on uh, Hugh Hewitt's show earlier today. He said that uh, that the whip's known for for at least a month, over a month, that he was going to be a no vote on this. So he's pushing back on the claim that you know people were surprised by this. He said they knew all along that that he was going to be a no vote. Is that what you heard as well? I I had not heard. I'm not on the whip team. Uh, nobody from the Freedom Caucus really is on the whip team. Um, all right, let me so stop you right the, there. What do you mean by that? No. So the the majority whip. Uh, Tom Emmer is uh, the one who essentially counts the votes and, and determines uh, where bills are going to fall when the vote happens. And, um, and if we are needing votes, uh, then, uh, then he explains the merits of bills to members and tries to uh, convince them to vote for the leadership's agenda. Um, but because so often Freedom Caucus members have a different perspective, uh, especially when it comes to spending. Uh, we, we find ourselves uh, on the outs a lot of times. And, and so, um, you know, we, we work with leadership where we can, but we're not afraid to stand up to them when we have to. So, so I'm just curious here on the, again, from, you know, behind the scenes, uh, how, that, how this works. Does the Speaker of the House have the authority to say, hey, Tom, you need to put some Freedom Caucus guys and gals on this on this team on your team. I think it would be uh, the speaker would have a lot of say in that. I think it's ultimately up to the whip. But and and I'm there may be one member of Freedom Caucus, but I'm not aware of any. It just here's here's the problem I've got, Congressman. It just seems to me that that, that there is a a leadership vacuum in the House of Representatives right now. And if you didn't have the votes, and I think I think that Johnson knew they didn't have the votes. I think he was afraid not to have the the vote because of the backlash it might have 
it might have gotten. But the reality is, if you don't have the votes, you know, you should know how people are voting when you when you do something like this. Well, you should. And and the uh, leadership probably didn't anticipate every Democrat being in the House to vote. Usually there's four or five who are absent. They uh, whipped their own members and got them there to oppose. So, you know, so the vote fell where it did. But that doesn't mean the bill is the resolution is uh, dead. It means it's just going to be a little messy as it comes up next week. And we are uh, very, very uh, determined to impeach Alexander Mayorkas. He has willfully violated the laws, willfully lied to Congress. And it is an important tool for the, the people's house to use when you have a rogue member of the president's administration who will not resign and who the president will not fire. Do you have you had any conversations with McClintock? I know that he's his argument is this doesn't rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. He says he's afraid of Republicans use or Democrats using the same argument against a Republican president's cabinet. Well, that's like trying to uh, taking a sweater that's been stretched out and trying to make it fit again. So essentially what you've got is uh, a, an argument that uh, what the Democrats have done with impeachment, um, what what Democrats may do with impeachment is something that Republicans shouldn't do. And and essentially uh, when you're dealing with failure to enforce the laws, I th- that that rises to the level of an impeachable offense. And so uh, when Mayorkas uh, takes our, our parole system and uses it uh, for broad groups of illegals instead of in a case-by-case uh, method, then that is contrary to the law. And so, you know, you, you look at other – this is not simply a – cabinet secretary uh, in the Commerce Department saying, well, we're just uh, not going to enforce um, some obscure rule. This is about the national security of this country. Uh, This is about uh, the humanitarian crisis that's been created. And uh, we have a responsibility to protect our, our country and our constituents. And that's why he has to be removed. So let's talk about next week. You, you say you guys are going to give it another go. Do we have guarantees? I, I have to tell you, I was surprised by Gallagher, and I was surprised by McClintock. I thought it would be somebody like a Don Bacon out of Nebraska. So are we sure that we're going to have enough votes next week to do this? Uh, we're, we're never 100% sure, but I can tell you the advantage of having this vote, even though it did fail, is that everybody's on the board. And so the Don Bacons of the world, uh, and, and, you know, we have some in the caucus who are unsure or nervous about that vote, uh, took the vote and voted to impeach. And so Republicans uh, overwhelmingly voted to impeach, and it will be hard for any of them to say, well, I got it wrong last time, and now I'm flipping and going to vote a different yeah. way. So you can expect most of them to vote this, or, well, all of them, to stick with the vote they took yesterday, and uh, and then with Majority Leader Scalise coming in to cast the final vote, we should be able to pass it and send those articles to the Senate 
and then watch and see what the Senate does, because as you know, they're not required to hold a trial, but I would think that uh, they would want to hear the evidence on behalf of the residents of their individual states and those who are concerned about the border and the protections of the border would want them to have a trial of this individual in the Senate. Congressman, I want to play this uh, audio. This is from Steve Bannon earlier today. Uh, Let's take a listen. But Speaker Johnson, and I don't know if it's Gates, I don't know who, I don't know if Stefanik, somebody's got to get in and help this guy because he's bleeding out. And he's bleeding out now just from the basic mechanics of what you have to do. And as I say, Gallagher told Hugh Hewitt this morning, I told the whip a month ago I was a no. That's just inexcusable. So Bannon says Speaker Johnson's got to get some help. Do, do you agree with that assessment? I agree that we um, need to work with the Speaker to make sure that uh, we are successful in putting forward a conservative agenda and passing a conservative agenda. And so where I can be helpful to the Speaker's office, I, I have been and will continue to be. Um, I, I think that the those who would say that uh, rolling the dice on, on a vote, uh, taking a, a vote when you aren't sure of the outcome is not uh, failure in and of itself. And the failure to pass the bill in the short term, uh, where we now have everybody on the record and we are likely to pass it next week, and in the long term, move the ball forward is is uh, messy, but that's the way that the house works. So I, I wouldn't view it as a uh, somehow a lack of leadership. Uh, I would view it as just a, a part of a long term strategy. It's it's very similar to the uh, Israel bill, where you look at uh, the failure to pass a standalone aid bill for Israel, uh, which most Republicans voted for and most Democrats voted against, uh, you know, the, those who recognize Israel as our ally uh, are going to recognize that Republicans are the ones standing up for Israel and that Democrats are not. All right. So, and, and, and the reason why is because they insist on Ukraine aid. Well, we recognize that Ukraine is not uh, the sole Democratic ally in the Middle East. Ukraine is uh, historically corrupt, whereas Israel has been an ally for many years. And Ukraine doesn't have an end game with regard to uh, the, this war that they're in and have already spent over $100 billion in U.S. taxpayer dollars, whereas Israel has a goal. It is the eradication of Hamas, and we should stand in support of that. All right. Well, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Uh, good luck next week, and uh, let's hope... I I hope that uh, you know Steve Scalise can make it back, um, but it's um, wow. Let's just let's hope things work out in our in our favor next week. Absolutely. All right, uh, Congressman Ben Klein, everybody from the Great Commonwealth of Virginia. I would contend, and I, and I get it. Um, I, I get it. I would contend, and I hope the Republicans in Congress understand that what happened last night was a colossal. Failure and embarrassment. That's what that was. And it's all on the speaker. It is all on the speaker. We should never be in a position where you have to roll the dice. You should be going into votes knowing the outcome of those votes. And that's why I'm concerned about next week. I don't I don't know that there are any guarantees that even next week is going to work. And if if they fail again, folks. This is going to impact the races 
the down-ballot races in 2024. It really is that simple. 901-260-5926, our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. And the fact that we have no conservatives on the WIP committee, huge, huge, huge problem. We'll be right back. No, I'm not a negative Nancy. I, I, somebody sent me out of there. Stop being so negative. I'm not negative. I'm a realist. And I think you expect me to be a realist. But I, this was stupid last night. There was no reason. We, we, we look really pathetic and weak. That's the problem because of this vote last night. And Speaker Johnson's got to get it together. And I've been catching, by the way, I've been catching a lot of blowback from, um, You know, he's real popular in the evangelical Christian world, which is a a world that I exist in as well. And uh, people, Todd, why are you attacking a fellow evangelical? Who do you think you are? I think you're a closet Methodist. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I take issue with that. I'm not a Methodist. No, I like Methodist. I'm not a Methodist, though. But this has nothing to do with it. Just because somebody's an evangelical, I'm supposed to just uh, roll over and 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 applaud every time they do something. No, I'm not that. I'm not built that way. Well, you're not going to get invited to the Christmas party. Fine, I don't like going to those parties anyway. I'd rather stay home. All right, let's go to Connor in Boston. Hey, Connor, what's going on? What's on your mind? I'll tell you, you probably won't, don't want to drink their eggnog anyway. They might spike it on you. I don't like that eggnog stuff in it. Give me some, you know what? Give me some Prairie Farms chocolate milk. I'll drink that. Oh, that sounds tasty. But I'm going to tell you, last night you said this so eloquently, but it was complete and utter embarrassment what happened last night. And I, was telling, I, I mentioned this to Lydia on the phone, but I am so sick and tired of these rhinos who get in there, talk a big game, you know, they're, they're all talk when they're on the campaign trail or they're trying to get elected to a certain position. And then they get up there and they completely, they're, they're a flop. You know, Lake Johnson, I'm sure he's a very nice person, but, you know, it's like in the private sector, if you don't do your job, you get the, the heave-ho. You know, you get a steel toe boot right out the door. So it has nothing to do with him as a person, but if he's not going to do the job, quite frankly, he got to get out of there and let somebody in there who can Connor, I'm curious. Who do you like for the RNC? I mean, who? What do they need in that position to turn them into winners? You know, I think really the biggest issue with the Republicans for a while is their messaging and their communication. It's like when you put them on in front of the average American voter, their policies and their positions wins hands down. But they have to work on their messaging and their communication. They need somebody, quite frankly, leading the conflict. President Trump. He is a master communicator you know that's connor as you were saying that i kept i i started thinking that's donald trump you're describing donald trump because he connects with the the average american voter i mean like even independent so they have more people maybe don jr who knows who are out there who can you know connect with the average american voter we win hands down in a landslide and you know it's the faster they can clean house with these rhinos primary them and get them out of there give them you know a a first class ticket to the unemployment line the better off the party will be. Connor, it's something to think about. Uh, wow. I, You know, it makes sense. And maybe, just yeah. maybe, Donald Trump's lasting legacy would be to 
to to to create a modern RNC. Maybe maybe okay. that's the the move here. All right, Connor, appreciate that call. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Dale listening to us on AM nine sixty. Is that K R O F Dale? Yes, sir. it sure is. Great radio station. Yep, sure is. So anyhow, thanks uh, for uh, being the voice today. But I, what I want to share is uh, I hear a lot of anger towards the Republicans, but I tell you, I think it's misplaced. Uh, I see them, at least they're trying to reverse course. The majority of the House uh, Republicans voted to, re- to impeach Marcus, and then uh, at least some of them stood up against the uh, this crazy Senate bill. So I, I said we got to give them a little credit for trying. They have to have the votes to really change things. But what I don't hear is the anger towards these Democrat hypocrites. Uh, you know, they got these, their communities are hollering or screaming and hurting. Their constituents are being murdered and raped. And yet they voted 100% in unity to not impeach this 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 man and uh the and the democrats <clears throat> schumer to advance a bill they don't they don't give a crap about the uh border bill all they care about is the ukraine and that's the only reason why they had this bill and so anyhow <clears throat> I'm a, my final word is i think we need to give these republicans who are trying to reverse course a little credit <clears throat> and a little acknowledgement and uh, that's all I have to say, and I'll go ahead and hang up. Dale, thank you for that call, and uh, thank you for listening to our great affiliate down in uh, Cajun Country, KROF. Good people down there. Uh, folks, we're going to continue this. we got to take a quick break. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926, going right to your calls after your top-of-the-hour news. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Todd Starks Radio Program. Happy to have you with us today. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Now, um, we're going to get to your calls and just hang tight. Don't go anywhere. But I, I want to set the stage uh, for this hour by talking about this this school shooting and the the aftermath in, in Oxford High School, Oxford, Michigan, Oxford High School, where the mother of the shooter was charged. She was found guilty of manslaughter. The shooter's uh, uh, father, uh, James Crumbly, her name's Jennifer Crumbly, by the way, James Crumbly, uh, set to go trial, go to trial next month. The, the parents were charged after their son opened fire um, at this uh, school. Now, they were accused of wrongdoing because they're the ones that signed their son's application for a gun card even though 
they knew that this kid was like not right. Something was was not right with this kid. The um, the judges in the case, and and there was an opinion filed last March and uh, about the case, and the level of severity in this case is very different. So Jennifer Crumbly said the fact that um, that uh, that the fact that you know her son did this. Uh, she should not bear any responsibility. Now, the foreperson said, lives under the balance. We took that very seriously. She said that um, the thing that really hammered at home is that she was the last adult with the gun. So I'm curious to know from you, should we should we now consider targeting the moms and the dads of these criminal uh, you know, little thuglings? And is that the way to go here? In Memphis, Tennessee, we've got juvenile crime is off the charts, and they're you know the judges here, juvenile court, they're not doing anything. They're just they're literally you know just tagging the kids like you would do wildlife, and you hope and pray they don't you know they don't go out and commit another crime. But we've had a number of instances where kids have been caught with ankle monitors committing crimes in the community again. And we're talking about violent crimes. We're talking about teenagers. We're talking about children who are out there carjacking. And this is same thing's happening in Washington, D.C. right now. It's just off the charts. Is it time to start charging mom and dad? If they're not going to raise their kids, if they're just going to turn the kids into animals, and that's what they're doing here, right? You have to teach a kid right from wrong. But you've got parents out there who refuse to do that. A lot of people are just they're they're going out there and they're I I I mean I mean no disrespect here but they're whoring themselves for these welfare checks. They're going out and they're popping up the babies because they know it's not a they don't see it as a baby, they see it as a welfare check, a welfare check, right? More cash. And that's why you've got a lot of these people living in public housing. And they're having, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten kids because they want the welfare checks. And then people are surprised when these kids turn around and they end up in, you know, in jail. Committing these heinous crimes. Now, when I was a kid, I'm just going to tell you, we got a pro- we've got a big problem in this country. Huge problem. Now, when I was a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, you did something wrong at school. Guess what happened? You got your butt whipped. That's right. Back in my day, and I don't know, maybe this was an anomaly. Maybe my school was the only one that did it. But when I was a kid in in grade school at Hope P. Sullivan Elementary in South Haven, Mississippi, we had a principal who would patrol the halls. He was a very nice man, but but we feared him. And the reason why we feared him is he had a, a big fiberglass paddle attached to his belt. And if you screwed up, you were summoned out of the classroom you were told to bend over in the hallway, and boom, did he boom, boom, boom. The badonka donk got badonka donked. That's the way it was back in the day. And then, guess what they did? They called your parents. They said, Mrs. Starnes, Todd was a bad boy today, and he got paddled. And guess what happened when I got home? This happened one time, by the way. I got home. I got it twice as hard. That's the way 
things used to be in this country. But, Todd, you shouldn't live in fear. Your your parents, your mommy and your daddy should be friends. You should be pals. You should be be No! Where is, where is that? Who says that? If you are one of those people who says, Todd, I just, I want my... I want my son, I want my daughter to be friends. We we want us to we want to pal around together. No, you don't want to pal around together. You're supposed to raise your kids. Teach them right from wrong. But now if you look at a kid the wrong way, you get sent to jail. You get fired as a teacher. I feel bad for teachers. I really do. I mean, can you imagine having to have the I mean, it's a classroom full of like little spawns of Satan. It's terrible. Honest to goodness. You go into some of these public schools and it's like one classroom. I was, was a couple of years ago. I was doing some story and I was in a classroom. Well, I went over to the class and I'm thinking to myself, good Lord, every child in this classroom should be like on a poster. They're the poster children for abstinence. I mean, it's really that bad out there. I feel bad for you guys. But we're not disciplining our kids, Right. Instead, what are we doing? Well, we're letting them just sit and play video games all day. And I, I'm not, I don't have a problem with video games at all. I really don't. Man, doesn't ask a question, though. And this is, I, I, man, I have made so many people irritated today. I, I don't mean to, but I, I, I just, I want to ask this question. When we were growing up back in the 70s and 80s, we didn't have the mass shootings. We didn't have the school stuff. You know, I mean, it was, you would have fights, right? It's That's the nature of, of growing up. But you didn't have school shootings. You didn't have this massive carnage that you see. You didn't, you didn't have all of that. And I'm just kind of wondering why. And I, look, I like video games. We had video games when I was growing up. We, we, we had games like, you know, uh, Pac-Man, Asteroid, right? We had Donkey Kong frogger and those were great fun games we weren't we weren't sitting around pretending to be soldiers just slaughtering people every single day for hours on end we didn't have the video games that just um i don't want to say glorify the violence but it's glorifying the violence and i'm wondering if as a society as a generation have we become since desensitized to this kind of violence this level of violence because of the movies and the music and the video games i'm just asking a question here because we didn't have that level of carnage when i was growing up we just didn't but i'm also telling you that children were taught to behave now, we may, have, we may have acted the fools away from our parents, but if that was the case, guess what happened? The neighbors would call. And then, uh, little, little stars acting up again. So there was always, you had, grown-ups always had their eyes on people. But a lot of parents these days, and, and hear me out here, a lot of parents these days believe it is more important to make $250,000, dollars $400,000 a year and live in a giant house and have multiple cars and go on fancy vacations, they believe that is more important than having a parent at home raising the children. So as a society, we have made those decisions. As parents, many people have made the decision 
to take their kid to soccer practice on Sunday morning as opposed to Sunday school. Now, I'm not saying that makes you a bad person. I'm just saying that we have strayed from the moral foundations of the country. That's what I'm trying to say here. But I'm curious, should we now hold mommy and daddy responsible for what little little you know hellion little hellboy little hell girl is doing let's go to scott listening to us on wlob uh hi scott what's going on how you doing todd hey, uh, um, can i put the devil's advocate for a minute here sure all right so this woman who just got convicted okay now you you just brought up yourself a minute ago have you been to a school as of late you can't tell the difference between the little freaks and it's, it's weird, you know, the black, the different color hairs and the black, the black nails, and they're all, I mean, so how would she know her kid was that crazy? Oh, the black fingernails, it? yeah. Look, here's, I was uh, I was a guest on Mary Walter's uh, podcast uh, last night, a lot of fun, and I was asked this question, Scott, and it seems mm-hmm. to me if you're a parent and all of a sudden your sweet little Brooks Brothers child comes home and instead of wearing khaki pants and the blue blazer, they're wearing all black and they've got the black fingernails and, you know, they've uh, filed down their teeth to look like Dracula. Seems to me as a parent, you're kind of like, you should know that. You should you should think, you know, maybe something's wrong with little Carl today. Yeah, you'd think. But, but then saying. if you do if you say something to the school, though, they tell you, oh, well, he's just fine. He's just expressing himself. It's like, no, he's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants to know that. But, I mean, you know, the reality is some there are weirdos out there, and your kid may be one of them. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to understand that part. But, I mean, I, I didn't want to disagree with you, but I was just trying to. No, like I, I, trying to look, I love to, it when people disagree. <laughs> I weren't disagreeing with you anyway. I really think she's a, she's a fruitcake too. So, but yeah, all right. But, but that could have been a legal a case, though, and to say I didn't know he was a weirdo because every other kid looked just like him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're all just they're all that way. I don't know. See what I'm saying? I, no, I hear what you're saying. I, no, I do hear what you're saying. So maybe in today's society, the kid wearing the Brooks Brothers jacket and blazer with the uh, khakis, maybe that's the weirdo. Maybe. Right. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> don't your dad go to school in language <laughs> that's it out. that's it <laughs> All right. sir, you scott day. god bless thank you again uh who do do we go after do we go after the parents here 901-260-5926 is our number that's 901-260-5926 let's go to mike listening to us on wcbm in baltimore maryland hi mike what's on your mind Hi, Todd. I just wanted to say, what do you think about me starting today committing to be a prayer warrior, to go to God through our Lord Jesus Christ and ask God to save the United States of America? I listened to Mark Levin. Uh, he said we're two, we have uh, $200 or three, $300 trillion in unfunded liabilities. Uh, we have uh, an invasion at the border. Uh, we're, the United States is on the verge of destruction. We can't endure this much more. And I think uh, uh, rather than worry about it, I need to uh, uh, go to God and pray for uh, the, the saving of our nation. 
it it, it moves God. I look, Mike. You, what a what a noble thing, and I I suspect a lot of other people would like to join you in that effort. I I think we need as many prayer warriors in in this country as we can get, and I say good for you, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, Todd. Uh, I I listen to a lot of talk radio. I listen to Mark Levin, uh, Todd Starnes, uh, Rob Carson and so on. And uh, I need to pray. I need to pray for the United States uh, uh, that uh, God uh, restore it and uh, protect it. Uh, we have corrupt judges, uh, corrupt legislators, uh, a corrupt administration, and we need God to change all that. Mike, we do. And uh, what a great note to end this segment on. Thank you for calling in and thank you for uh, listening to us on WCBM, our great affiliate in Baltimore, Maryland. All right, folks, we do have to take a break here. 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go right to the phones. Alabama. Essie is watching us on Newsmax 2 today. Hi, Essie. How are you, and what's on your mind? How are you doing? All right, Essie. What's what's on your mind? You're on the air. Uh, I was talking about, you was talking about them, uh, them children. You know, when we came along, I was born in the 50s. And uh, everybody was everybody's hated mom. Respect all of this, you know. You, you know, you talk to children. But see, like mine, I stabbed the wrong. I saw the child and stabbed the wrong. I didn't. I, I got it. And so she made 50, he going to make 62. And like her, she had her children. She didn't do her children like I did. Because she was. So, Essie, you, it sounds like you had the same kind of up, upbringing I had, and we used to call those uh, every now and again. You get a good old fashioned butt whooping. Ooh, put the devil in the in, in, in on down the road. The guy knew. And that, if you got one from the schoolhouse, from the teacher didn't get it to the mom when she saw the teacher. Ooh, come on, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you, Essie. I appreciate you calling in, and uh, thank you for that. It's true, though, Essie. Essie, she, our parents may have known each other. Uh, let's go to Crystal in Florida. Hi, Crystal. What's on your mind? Hi. Good morning. Um, I just was speaking um, with some parents that have school children. Um, they were telling me that. Well, actually, I asked them um, what kind of literature are on the classrooms in their. Um, elementary school children's room and they was like well we're not allowed to the classrooms so I'm just wondering they're not allowed to the classrooms now a days where when they my kids was in school we were really kind of considered not the best parents you know if you wasn't at the school from time to time and now you're not even allowed in the classroom so i'm i'm just i'm i'm really disgusted by it um it tells me that something's not right there um that 
anyhow, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, I'm look, I'm with you, Crystal, and and it makes a lot of sense. Um, but we've got to get a handle on this. I mean, we we're raising a generation of kids that are out of control. And it's almost like, um, remember the movie The Purge? Have you seen The Purge movies? Uh, that's that's what we're, Crystal, thank you for that call. Uh, that's what I'm talking about here, folks, is that we're, we're getting to a point where it's almost becoming acceptable, this level of violence. I mean, Washington, D.C., poor Greta Van Susteren over at Newsmax, um, warning people, whatever you do, don't come to D.C. It's just too dangerous. And the reason why is we've got these kids out there, and uh, and you notice people are hollering about racism. We haven't mentioned anything about race. I mean, it doesn't ma- race should not matter here. This is about right and wrong, not a matter of black and white. All right, got to take a break. This is the Todd Stern Show. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line. Say hello to our good friend. He is president of the Young America's Foundation, YAF, Governor Scott Walker. Governor, hope you're doing good today. Hey, Todd, I'm doing well. It's cold in Wisconsin, but I'm doing well otherwise. You know, Congressman, uh, we've been looking at some new uh, data showing uh, President Biden losing significant support among uh, young people in in America. And I'm curious, how do we take advantage of that? And uh, is there a chance that we could actually see a shift in voting patterns in 2024? Yes. Uh, And we, uh, we, in fact, we talked about it in your show before, where we did a poll at Young America's Foundation before the first presidential primary debate found the number one issue amongst college students is not what the media tells us overwhelmingly. It's not climate change. It's not abortion. It's the economy. And that's what's driving these numbers across the country. In Wisconsin, where it's a dead heat. In Michigan, where it's just at the other day, where uh, Trump is up by eight. Uh, It's similar numbers in Georgia. And so we can build on that, not only in the presidential election, but I think every conservative running, and for that matter, not just those candidates, but conservatives out campaigning, need to make a point to reach out to young people and, and tell them, you know, how much better things were before Joe Biden, how much better they could be going forward. And that a big part of that is not expecting the government to do everything because when they spend all that money, it drives the cost of goods and services up. And that's the last thing folks are worrying about the rent or paying for their gas or their food need. We can make those inroads, but we got to connect the dots. And, and the problem with inflation being what 17%, a lot of these kids who have graduated college, uh, who are in this Gen Z category, they can't even afford to put a down payment down on on a house. Uh, they're having a hard time. You know, some of them are even, and we're hearing from these kids working sometimes two and three jobs just to make ends meet. Well, you're exactly right. I've got uh, one of my sons and, and my daughter-in-law just got married this year. They're looking for a house. Uh, they both have good jobs, but they work extra uh, on the side to save up for a house, their mortgage payment on the house they're looking at is going to be almost $1,500 more a month, a month. Uh, that That, as to where it was before Joe Biden took office. So 
when you know when I sit on shows like Meet the Press and some of these panelists next to me say, "Oh, well, you know, the market, stock market's better, GDP's up." They they don't connect to the reality that out in the rest of the country, not only are people overall paying eight, almost nine hundred dollars more per month just to live the way they did before Biden, but young people, exactly like you mentioned, like my son, like my daughter-in-law, trying to buy a home, trying to you know start out in their little piece of the American dream. They're paying so much more than they did before Joe Biden, and I think there's a real opportunity for conservatives, not just in this election, but long-term, make inroads with those younger voters. You know, it's funny. I was I'm on a tangent here, uh, so excuse me, uh, Governor, but I was, uh, I've was i been looking for a condo in, uh, in, in Memphis. I don't like mowing grass. And uh, – so I found one, and it's. I was waiting for the prices to go down a little bit. It was like in the you know the six seven hundred. No, it was in the five or six hundred thousand dollar range. Most of the condos in this building. So I hadn't been on it about a month or so on the Zillow, and uh, I was on last night. Holy cow! All of these condos are like one point three, one point four million dollars. It's it's insane. The uh, you know the, the prices um, are are just exactly. skyrocketing. And if it's tough for somebody, you know, for somebody like me, I I can't even imagine for the for the young kids out there. What's well, amazing, and this is the again the reality of Bidenomics. You know that you get people like Elizabeth Warren when blame it on corporations, others out there. People are smart. It's why not only with young people, but with Many other non-traditional Republican voting groups are paying a lot more attention, uh, not only to Donald Trump, but to others, because they feel like, you know, nobody, people don't hear what they're saying. They don't understand what's really going on. And when you get these pundits trying to say, well, the economy's better, if you can't, even if inflation's leveled off, it has gone up so much during Biden's tenure that, that even with wages in some places going up somewhat, there's still such a gap between what families are bringing home versus what it costs them, again, not to live above and beyond where they were, but just to live where they were just a few years ago. Uh, that's why, again, we think there's a tremendous opportunity to reach out, again, not just to voters, but the work we do at YF.org at Young America's Foundation is to reach out to college, high school, and even middle school students now and, and tell them you know, tell them the message that, that long-term has an impact. If we're going to sustain not just win in 24, but have kind of those sort of sustained victories really get this country back on track, it's going to, uh, a key factor in that's going to be reaching young people. And this is one of the things I love about, about YAF, because sometimes people bristle when they hear, oh, politics or Republican. And and yet, YAF, there are so many opportunities from the, the great uh, journal, journalism programs uh, that you guys offer to the uh, seminars and workshops on entrepreneurship. And I think especially, you know, trying to introduce conservative precepts uh, to minority uh, young people and minority voters going in and saying, hey, you know, we've got some great, you know, we're big friends of uh, entrepreneurs and, 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 and introducing young people to the conservative value system that way, I think is so incredibly effective. It really is. I mean, in the end, if somebody wants to start up their own business, it's a great thing to remind them that the left is the ones, they're the ones that want to tell you what to do, when to do, and how to do it. And those of us on the right, uh, we want you to live your piece of the American dream. As long as you don't hurt the health and safety of your neighbor, go out and do your own thing. And I think, unfortunately, many in the corporate media, certainly almost all the voices in higher education, even some in K-12, try to reverse that course and say that, well, no, it's the you know, it's conservatives that, that, that want to stop you. No, that couldn't be further from the truth. 
which is precisely why they try to, you know, cancel conservative ideas on campus and block them on social media platforms, because the truth is on our side. If we get the message out, we can resonate with young people as we do with others. Good stuff. Yaf.org, ladies and gentlemen, great website. Introduce your kids, grandkids to it. And uh, young people listening to us, homeschoolers, go check out. Uh, there may be a Yaf chapter in your uh, at your neighborhood, in your high schools, middle school, college. Uh, get involved and get plugged in. And, and Governor, um, you know, again, when you look at looks like we're going to be having new leadership in the RNC, what does the, the RNC need to be doing to, to reach those younger voters? Well, overall, they got to be more aggressive. they got to have a game plan to do that. It can't just be sending digital ads out a couple of weeks before an election. It's got to be a long-term strategy, working with partners. There's plenty of other groups like ours and others uh, working with young people. And I, I would say a step even beyond young people, they need to be more aggressive. There's a lot of things that I think both the state and federal national parties should be doing. Uh, to deal with election integrity, but the the worst time to do it is after election. The time to do it is now. Go to court, make sure that uh, election officials are following the law, particularly in key states like mine, and uh, that will go a long way towards good things happening in the fall. All right, good stuff. Well, uh, Governor, appreciate it. Looking forward. I'll be speaking to uh, young people out at the Reagan Ranch Center. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to uh, to visiting. Thanks, Ted. We always appreciate you talking with our young people. All right. Governor Scott Walker, everybody, in the colds of Wisconsin right now. And uh, good man. And they're doing great work over at Young America's Foundation. Now, look, you you do have an opportunity here on what groups that you want to support. May I just say that YAF is one of those groups you need to support. You know, if you've got money that you can invest in something, why not invest it in young people and the great work they've been doing since the 1960s, founded by William F. Buckley Jr., who really is the father of the modern conservative movement in America. Uh, Ronald Reagan, William F. Buckley Jr., Goldwater, all parts of all part of the the incredible work that's being done at at YAF. All right, here's the deal: we're going to take a break. When we come back, going right to the phones. And, and I am curious to hear your thoughts on this situation out of Oxford, Michigan. Were, were the parents, or rather, did the jury do the right thing here by punishing mom and sending her to jail? Do parents bear responsibility for the, the, the sins that their children are committing out there, the evil their kids are committing out there under their watch? 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. everybody let's uh, get right to the phone lines uh let's talk to melissa in arkansas hi melissa you are on the air hi todd thank you i just want to make a comment on what you you, you know definitely the question that you are asking about the mother i am all for the parents being held responsible Why is that, Melissa? Why do you believe parents ought to be held responsible? Well, for one, I actually can say that I live by this, and I see this every day, disrespect, 
problems, problems, problems. And if you go to them and you're open and say. Whoops. I think we lost Melissa. Uh, Sorry about that, Melissa. Uh, Let's go to Jack in Midtown Memphis, listening to us on KWAM, wants to weigh in on the border. Hi, Jack. What's on your mind? Hey, I like I like what you stand for, man, and I appreciate you being there. And I'm going to say this: we got enough criminals, both black and white, ethnic groups. And then uh, Joe has opened the the gate for more to come in. I heard that some Chinese are coming in too. Oh, a lot of Chinese, yeah, Jack. A lot of Chinese. You know what I suggest, Todd? I suggest, and I'm a real guy. Retired, real ex railroad man. But I, what I suggest is they uh, electrify the fence. Now, that's a, that's a word that I I made up. Now, Chinese are coming in and whatever. And they're, they're not real poor people. They're coming in with ed- some education, and they know how to set up business, uh, uh, laundries and stuff like that. They're coming in, but it's still hurting our people, black and white. I, I just... We already got enough criminals here. And then here comes some more across the border, man. You can see I'm mad, don't you? I'm mad about this. Jack, I I, under, I hear it. And, if you know, you live in Memphis, so you probably live it every day like all the rest of us here. We see the crime. I mean, just last night, you know, looking at the violence in, in Memphis, it's unacceptable. And I, I'm concerned that Biden is dumping a lot of these criminals you know, into communities across the country. We got, we have enough of our own, Jack. We don't need more. Well, do you think they, he's letting them in so they can vote Democrat? I, I vote for, I've been voting for Republicans for the last three years. Do you think he's letting them in like that so they can uh, vote Democrat for his party? I'm asking this question. I, yes, I, but not only that, Jack, um, the reason they're moving the illegals around, you know, if, for example, in Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee, they're literally flying the illegals to Chattanooga and just releasing them from the airport into the community. And the reason they're doing that is to skew the census numbers so they can redraw congressional districts. So it's all political, and it is a matter of getting, you know, they're counting on these on these individuals voting Democrat, but it's also a matter of actual numbers of people. But, Paul, I heard that some I there's men and our people, black and white, on the street that can't find homes. I mean, and I heard on the news uh, the other day that places like New York and big cities like Chicago are housing some of these people, and they can get welfare and stuff like that. They're both poor and, and, and uh, black and white cannot get it. I, I heard. Jack, you know it's it's even worse than that. Um, there, There's reporting out of New York City where – um, the federal government is now saying that illegals are getting 40% more uh, SNAP money than, say, an American citizen who would need that help. And again, the whole point of, of SNAP, you know, you don't need generations of families living on it, but a lot of people may need it because they lost their job and, you know, they hit a rough patch in life. And the whole point of that is to, you know, lend a helping hand. Uh, but when you're when you're telling these illegals, hey, you come to America and we're going to give you free housing, free food, free um, clothes, free you know health care. You better believe they're making a beeline for that border. So, Jack, I got to run, but you're right. It's not right, and it's not a black or white issue. This 
That border situation is an American issue, ladies and gentlemen. All right, um, let's go to uh, let's go to Ken uh, in Wisconsin. Hi, Ken. What's on your mind? I just want to weigh in on the parents that were convicted. I think where are they in and draw the line? I mean, you could be convicted if the kid steals your keys and kills somebody because they stole your car and hit somebody on the road. I mean, where's it in? Well, it's a good question. Um, you know, and again, I think it goes back to what is the, you know, what was the home environment like? I mean, it's one thing, you know, if a kid decides, okay, I'm going to go and grab a gun and go shoot somebody. It's another, if you're actually giving the kids access to the guns, you know, providing them with all of the ammo, knowing that your child has some sort of a problem. Well, that goes the same with the, the, with the car. car. I mean, yeah. Some, yeah. I mean, it's cars there. The keys are on a kitchen table or on your dresser or even in your medicine cabinet where you have uh, drugs that kids will steal and then somebody gets dies from it. What are you going to do? I mean, is that responsible of parents or is that the kid? Well, it's well, it's it's the kid, but it's the parent too. And Ken, I would make the argument, and I just remember me growing up. You know, your my parents put put a good, healthy amount of fear into my life as a child, and that kept me out of a lot of trouble. And I think that's the issue here: is that you know, who in their right mind, as a kid, would you ever imagine you know going stealing the keys to the car and getting in the car and driving around town? I never in a million years would have done that because I know what my parents would have done to me if they once they caught me. Oh, I'm with, I'm with you because my mom always told me when she grabbed my ear and said, "Hey, you're never too big for me." And hey, I had she put a fear of life in me that hey, you you do something wrong, you're going to have to deal with me. Mm-hmm. No, that's look, I hear you, I, I hear you, uh, Ken. It's but again, it's it is something that you. I think you have to look at the the particulars. I don't think it's a blanket thing. But clearly, in this particular case, the parents were egregiously at fault. And if I were the dad, I'd be working out some sort of a plea deal right now because it's not looking good for him. Ken, got to run. Appreciate that call, and thank you for watching Newsmax. All right, folks, again, uh, we are encouraging all of you to go and pre-order a copy of my new book. It's called Twilight's Last Gleaming, Can America Be Saved? It'll be in bookstores on March 19th. And we would love for you to get a copy. Um, We will be doing a big national book tour, and we'll be telling you more about that information coming up very soon. And looking forward to being at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in just a couple of weeks. We're going to be doing a lot of interviews, a lot of of stuff happening there at that gathering. All right, folks, again, ToddSterns.com. That is our landing page. Lots of great stuff for you to check out there, great stories. You can also sign up for our free newsletter as well as our free podcast. And that newsletter comes out uh, in the morning and in the afternoon. And the afternoon uh, newsletter comes out, well, about three minutes from now. All right, folks, you get out there. It has been a wild, crazy day. We're going to do it all over again tomorrow on the radio. But the conversation continues on Newsmax 2 in just about three minutes. We'll see you on the TV. Have a great one, everybody. Three.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.